Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, all the way from Israel, is Yona Weiss. Welcome, Yona. What's going on, Jim? Thanks so much for having me. Uh, thank you for taking the time um, and uh, and coming on the show. Um, you know, I I when I look at your LinkedIn profile, you really have a, a kind of interesting background and in what you're doing, and I'm really excited to find out. But as as uh, before, we get started. I mean, you're in a safe spot in Israel, and you know, we watch the news. We would we would think that um, you better like be taking shelter, right? Yeah, thank God I'm in a, in a safe spot. I mean, I live in Jerusalem. Uh, I work remotely, so kind of living living a life. Grew up in the United States, obviously, and um, it's a it's a crazy time. You know, the world is is living in a crazy place right now. But you just gotta live your best life, uh, pray, and hope uh, hope for the best. Well, we'll definitely pray for the uh, that we stop seeing this anti-Semitism that we're seeing in the United States because. You know, uh, Israel is a great friend and ally to the United States. And we, regardless of who's president right now, we, we have to remember that. So that's, uh, this isn't a political show. That's as far as I'll go politically, <laughs> but uh, uh, we definitely will keep everyone in that area in our prayers and the, uh, the, the Jews living in the United States that are, for some reason, not getting the same uh, media attention that other other groups that, uh, are are getting. So, um, like I said, I could probably go on. We could probably talk about that and make a podcast <laughs> episode, but we won't because I want to hear what you're doing. So, tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing. Uh, thanks, uh, I appreciate that. Um, well, so for the past uh, several years, I've been working for this company called. Madison Specs, who are actually a commercial real estate servicing company, a number of different services. But the main thing I focus on is something called cost segregation, which by way of introduction, it's a tax benefit for real estate investors, specifically geared to that. So it's a very specific service. We're not an accounting firm, but it is something to do with accounting. Uh, I don't have a background in real estate. I don't have a background in accounting. I've been involved in the real estate world for only about five, six years or so now. Um, both through investing, I did some brokering, did a little mortgage uh, brokering for a little while, just learning a lot from the industry. But my background is really in teaching and uh, education, and that's my passion. So the role that I play in this company is more in the business development, which essentially is just teaching because people get really confused about this subject. And it seems anything related to taxes, and, and Jim, <laughs> you tell me if this is pretty accurate, like most people's brains just shut off. They're like, oh, taxes, uh, accounting, uh uh, I have an accountant or something like that, right? That's usually how the vast majority of people react, which, you know, is fair. But in real estate, there are so many tax benefits that come along with it. It's really important to be educated and to just know what's available. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I have to agree with you hundred percent. I hear these kinds of reactions from taxes and, and is, is it's almost like it's this punitive thing. It's this thing to have fear about. And, and if we're going to be real estate investors, if we're going to be business owners, 
if we're going to be um, if if our if our goal is to be at the top of the wealth uh, paradigm, then 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 we have to know taxes or we have to hire somebody that knows taxes and not just filling out forms and submitting them and going, well, you owe this percentage of your income. Good luck. Just write the check. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's, there's a lot of CPAs out there that that's what they do and that's what they want to do. Cause that's really simple. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to break away from the herd, i.e. this show, then you have to think differently and you have to act differently. So, is in in layman's terms and a basic overview tell us what you're talking about absolutely and i couldn't agree with you more in terms of the just the mindset of being a business owner an entrepreneur and trying to maximize taxes in so many different regards and this is um you know this is just one of them so i'll a brief overview of what cost segregation is uh think of it like this if you had a you won the lottery and it's a bad analogy because for many reasons, because like you said, taxes are not really a punitive thing. It's, it's using the tax code for your benefit. Um, but let's just use this as an analogy for all intents and purposes. If you win the lottery and you can have two choices, either to take a lump sum upfront or to get a little bit each year, um, which would you choose? And I know there are many different uh, ways to do about this, but I'll give another analogy. If, uh, if someone offers you an interest-free loan, and they say, here, would you like this interest-free loan for $100,000? And in five, five years from now or 20 years from now, you can start paying it back interest-free in small increments. So I think most people w- would take that. And it's even more so when that loan is actually your own money. And so that's the really important thing about taxes. Like you said, people think of it as a punitive thing. In corporate America, when your taxes are taken out of your paycheck before you even see the money that you supposedly made, that's really uh, challenging, right? Yeah. For an entrepreneur or someone who's a self-employed or someone who's a real estate investor, there's different ways to go about doing that. Real estate income, at the end of the year, you have to you know, figure out how much expenses you have, how many deductions you have, and then how much income is left over to pay. The goal with real estate is to get that to zero. And so literally to have zero tax liability. So cost segregation in a nutshell, I'll get to back to that question, is a form of depreciation. It's basically an advanced form of depreciation. Now, depreciation doesn't mean like it sounds, right? It sounds negative, right? Something's going down in value. And in fact, that's what this is based on. But I want to change everyone's paradigm on this because depreciation when it comes to real estate is a tax deduction named for the principle that things go down in value. But essentially, it's it's really just uh, hypothetical in nature. So when you buy a property, any commercial or whether it's residential, commercial, but it's not your personal residence, any business or investment property, you get a deduction. You get literally to take the entire value of that building as a tax write-off, okay? That's huge. Although it's over a long period of time and that's what this depreciation thing is. So it's a million dollar property. You get to now take that million dollars write-off, but over a 27 and a half year period or a 39 year period. So you're getting a little bit every single year. That's called depreciation. It's based on the concept. Things go down and the building's going to go down in value. But again, it's not intrinsic because that deduction is based on your purchase price on the day that you bought it. So it starts over new for any new investor every time there's a transaction. Cost segregation is splitting up the building and the property, segregating the cost. So taking that purchase price and breaking it down into different components that things actually 
depreciate faster, meaning you can take the deduction of the value of those individual components at a faster rate. So for example, you have furniture or equipment or, or appliances, all that you can take the value of that as a tax deduction in over a five-year period or a one-year period, as opposed to waiting over a 27-year period and taking a little bit each year. That's amazing. So, you know, um, you just said a lot right there. So let yeah. me back up uh, <laughs> a little bit. So one of the things, and I've told this story on the on the show before, but a few, maybe it was a couple of years ago, I was watching, and I don't normally watch this channel, but I was watching the Today Show, and uh, they said, they said, uh, and I, by the way, I don't care if you love him or hate him, I'm just saying this was the story, is they said Donald Trump lost a billion dollars between this year and this year. And I thought, oh no, they're going <laughs> to tell people that you can depreciate uh, real estate, even though it's appreciating in value, you can depreciate it off your taxes. And then they're going to tell the whole world this. I don't want them to tell that. No, no, <laughs> they just wanted to bash Donald Trump. So, but so they didn't tell the world that. But what we have this appreciating asset, if we do it right, that mm -hmm. cash flows, and also we get to deduct it from our taxes. That sounds like a win to me, right? Um, now it's only, by the way, it's not, it's the only time it's a negative is when you, if, 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 if you depreciate all of your income and you go to a banker that doesn't understand really how to be a, a banker, because the banker has to say, well, I got to add back in that depreciation because that's not really, uh, it didn't really cost you anything. Right. Right. Now, by the way, that's not that hard of a challenge, but if you get somebody that doesn't understand that, my advice is go to the next bank because it's just too hard to educate somebody on these things. Um, but, okay, so I love this so far. I love, I love this. And, you know, this is the only way, especially in the United States today, with the proposed taxes that are coming today is is this is the way to stay ahead. This is the way to fight back. And, 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 and it's legal and it's, it's your right to fight back. So um, um, I love that. The other thing that I love is that you, we're, we're gonna, you know, we're, we're all of the Federal Reserve types of uh, systems all over, and every country has whatever it's called. What's it called in Israel? Like the Fed. Um, it's like, it's similar. It's like, like called the bank of Israel or something like that. Bank of Israel. Right. Okay. And so they're all printing money as fast as they can. Right. Which means all of the dollars or, uh, currency that you have in your pocket is going down in value faster than you can imagine. How do we fight back against that? We buy assets, right? Mm -hmm. Like real estate. But if we're going to, once we do this, you have to educate yourself on things like Yona's talking about. So how would I engage with you and how would I, how would I, how would I become a client or whatever it would be to be to start to learn how to do this? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. I'll, I'll keep it very simple. Um, essentially what this is, it's a one-time thing. When you buy a property, you get something called a cost segregation study done. And it's a very detailed engineering report. Um, so it combines experts or engineers who are experts in the tax code that we employ that are able to, like I said, break down every different component in a property 
whether that's inside, outside, you know, landscaping, also everything has value, create this report, which creates a new depreciation schedule. And that one page is what's going to apply to your taxes, basically creating hopefully more deductions than you even have income. And so that's what you said, which can create a negative, right? You see like Donald Trump, he said, lost the billion dollars. What does it mean he lost it? It means he had you know, paper losses, okay? Yeah. Paper losses doesn't mean you actually lose money. It means you don't pay taxes on <laughs> all the income that you have. So that's what this depreciation is doing. Very simple. It's basically three steps that we, we employ is number one, we always run a free analysis, a free estimate so that anyone can know uh, number one, how much is it going to cost me if I want to do this? And what are my potential tax benefits for getting this done? My rule of thumb is basically any property that's purchased for over half a million dollars. It's a no brainer. I mean, it just makes so much sense. There's so much tax benefit there. Typically speaking around 20% or more of your purchase price, you can take as an upfront tax deduction through this process, as wow. opposed to um, your, your normal ordinary depreciation, which accountants understand and know, uh, surprisingly, a lot of accountants don't even understand cost segregation, but that normal depreciation is going to be about two to 3% of your purchase price each year. So if you think about that, you're literally like 10 xing your tax deductions um, in those earlier years. And so that's the biggest thing. We cr cr create that analysis. If you want to engage us, we will schedule a engineer to come to the property, view it, take the pictures, videos, measurements, et cetera, what they do, create this report, takes about four to six weeks to finish. And that's it, you're done. It's so unintrusive that it, it's just like a very seamless process. That is, uh, that is very cool. Um, you know, you as we're sitting here and talking, you know, I'm looking and thinking, you know, between <laughs> now and the end of the year, like all of, I mean, you know, uh, we've had some people on that have over a thousand doors um, and, you know, people that are just growing. This is a massive opportunity. Even if you're just starting out in real estate and you haven't even, you know, you're, you haven't even started yet. This is a tool that you need to know about so that when you do buy that first property, yep. you need to be able to, implement these kinds of strategies and um and uh and i'm and it's it's really cool it, i'm interested like how you know and, I, and i'll give you a, a story that i had so we bought this company and i i i think it's still 20 we keep on expanding so it's i don't think it's 21 yet but i own parts of 20 different companies and one of the companies that my business partner bob uh business one of my business partners bob burnett and I bought in uh, 19 or 2017, I'm sorry. It, it, is, it had a bunch of inventory that the previous owners bought that was bad inventory. It was basically worthless, but we got to write it off our taxes. Now it's three years later, four years later, we're still explaining like, what was that, right? Because they go, wait a minute, look at this big ding to your income. I was like, yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. And they go, whoa, <laughs> tell me why that happened. Okay. Well, it's not going to, you know, it looks like we're bleeding money like or out of this company, like it's crazy. But then I start thinking I should go around and buy companies that have those opportunities because then I don't have to pay taxes. Now, by the way, am I still paying taxes? Yep. I pay property taxes. Like you wouldn't believe I pay sales tax. I pay all kinds of tax and I'll, and I, and, and I, and, but I don't want to pay more tax than I need to pay. Right. And it's kind of like this. 
you know, we talk about playing Monopoly. When we were taught to play Monopoly and we were kids, we were taught to look on the side of the board to see who was winning. But that's not how you mm -hmm. win Monopoly. You win Monopoly with money on the board, not on the side of the board. So think of this as learning to play the game better. And I and I commend you and I'm, I'm excited to, to meet you because you're teaching people to play the game better. Yeah. And, and how, what, what, I mean, that in, in my belief system, that is serving others to, uh, you know, just, and I, and I commend you for that. That's, that's amazing. What are some of the things that, um, are there any books out there or um, you have a podcast, you discuss this on your podcast? So I, there aren't very many books out there in general talking about like real estate and taxes. There's a uh, bigger pockets uh, put out a book a couple of years ago called the, you know, tax uh, strategies for real estate investors. It barely mentions cost segregation. And I know the author, Amanda, who, you know, is, I, you know, I work with her and her clients a lot of times. So I kind of asked her like, why don't you put more? So she did an updated book called the advanced yeah. tax strategies. And she put a little bit more in there. Um, but there's not a lot out there. I mean, Tom Wheelwright in his famous book, Tax-Free Wealth, has a chapter on depreciation, discusses it in, yep. in detail. But again, there's not so much out there. On my podcast called Weiss Advice, a little plug there, uh, we don't actually talk much about that. I, I more interview uh, business owners and real estate investors just to kind of get advice from successful people that I know. Uh, but I have been a guest on uh, probably around 200 podcasts discussing wow. this topic and done webinars, you know, countless times. So if anyone wants to learn more details about that, you can go to yonawice.com, just my website. You can check out any of those past interviews uh, or webinars to, to learn a little more. You know, um, you know, the, the thing that I think is really cool. Um, one of the people that I follow about money and, um, and abundance is uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he wrote a great book called uh, Thou Shalt Prosper. And, 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 you know, like these are ways that we prosper, right? Is we, we prosper by not staying in the herd for taxation, not staying in the herd with investing. And, you know, it's, it, it can be scary to do something that you don't know anything about. So hiring people or affiliating with people like Yona and his firm, that's how you take the fear out of this and, and you really get the most benefit. So again, I can't commend you enough for what you're doing with this. Um, what are, you know, obviously you've been successful and you are a great host. It's funny, it might, this might be one of our more direct to the point episodes, which I love, by the way, because you said what it is so succinctly that I didn't have a bunch of other questions about it. So <laughs> tell me about like, tell me about how you grew up to break away from the herd. Tell me about your story. Yeah, I mean, I think just to, to talk on that point for a second, I, it, I think it just comes with the practice and having a background as a teacher kind of nailing down those points succinctly, trying to get across the points as, as easily as possible so that people can ask the right questions instead of just asking the basic questions when I can you know, clearly explain that um, up front. But yeah, my background is, like I mentioned, I, I was a teacher. I actually spent many years um, full-time immersed in, in study and, and prayer and kind of very uh, spiritual life, if you will. Yeah. Very, very removed from anything business or uh, 
or finance oriented. And I didn't really have a, uh, I didn't come from a, a rich family. I didn't come from, uh, you know, any silver spoon or anything like that. And was really not even taught much about money or finances at all. And so mm. I had a lot of debt and had a lot of, you know, student debt and all kinds of stuff like that, where, but about five, six years ago, I kind of woke up to the fact, you know, thank God I have, I have a family. I have six kids um, at this point. And so at a certain point, I kind of had to uh, grow up a little bit and, and realize that there was some responsibility that I was um, mis, misstepping, if you will. And, but I was fine with that for many years because I, I lived very frugally. I loved life and, you know, money was never an issue. If I had to take out another loan or whatever, or do, it didn't really bother me. Um, but I started waking up to the fact that there's really, you know, it's not a contradiction um, to be a spiritual person and, you know, to love God and to uh, be uh, successful in business as well. And so that was a little bit of a paradigm shift for me uh, because I always knew that, you know, being an honest person and dealing in your business things very honestly was, you know, is, is so important, but I never really interacted and did any of those things. I was like, okay, well, here's an opportunity for me to uh, be the best person I could be in a different role, in a different um, environment, you know, interacting with people I'd never interacted with before. And so that really opened up a lot uh, to me. And so learning about real estate was one of actually my first, um, you know, kind of steps into the business world in general. And so that to me opened up tremendous amount of doors and opportunities that just, I'm the type of person that when an opportunity comes my way, I consider it and I just, I kind of follow where, where things lead me. And I didn't have any plan or didn't have any like goals or, or anything concrete at that point. I just really wanted to learn and see where, where life took me. So it's been good. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun the past several yeah. years, met a tremendous amount of people. I mean, I'm blessed to have, like I said, the clients that I work with and I have hundreds, if not over a thousand clients around the country um, who are extremely successful people that look to me as, um, an advisor of sorts because because of my knowledge and because of uh, you know the the service that we provide. So I love what you said there too. Is you know when you don't focus on money and you don't love money and make that the goal, it just flows to you. And and you know um, I think sometimes it's hard for people to make that paradigm shift. But as soon as you do, you'll be you know you'll be blessed beyond. And and it's also are you serving other people to earn your money? Just like you just said. And you know what, at Create Tailwind, we, we, we change lives every day and I get emails and text messages or calls and people are like, man, that just, and it, maybe it's the podcast or somebody was on the podcast and, and you know, we're just throwing it out there. We're not, it, it, and, and money just flows, right? I mean, what we really are trying to get to all of us everybody listening should be trying to get to where we're not trading time for money, but our assets are providing us more flow of money than we could, than we could need or want. Cause then we can go help other people. Right. And, and, and I call that, uh, you know, just um, supporting the kingdom, right. And, and supporting your synagogue or your church or, you know, or your favorite charity or whatever it is, right. You get to do that. So money gives you choices, choices give you freedom. And, you know, if you don't want to be free in your life, then, then we got to, then we need some counseling of another kind because, right. 
yeah. nobody wants to be a slave, financial slave or otherwise, mm -hmm. right? To, and 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 so I love that you said that, and and you've got a great heart for it. I can just feel and tell you tell. So that's that that's really cool, Yona. So you know you you know obviously you're an educator, so you've read a lot of books. Uh, what are one, two, or three? I know it's hard to probably uh, nail down that to that few, and you can go on about a few more <laughs> if you want to. But what are some books that you would recommend that everybody in the audience read or that made a huge impact in your life? I mean, there's been so many. And as you said, I am a, a reader. The truth is I have about on my bookshelf at home, about 1500 books or so. Um, nice. Pretty much all, I'd say 90% of them are, are Hebrew or Aramaic, you know, ancient um, yeah. religious books, but I've gone through a lot of them. And so uh, I'm a student of history as well. And so that's my passion. In terms of business books, I would say I've only really picked up um, in the past several years, but I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that because probably more of the, the, Listening. It could be the it could be the other ones too because <laughs> I'm be sure the they're yeah I mean I'm I'm interested in learning things I don't know so I'm I'm open to that too yeah I mean the former is obviously more uh, of my passion and I've I've learned a tremendous amount through that um, so I'll speak to one book that really kind of changed my uh, my life and kind of paradigm but it hasn't really been one book that's kind of done that but if if I would point to one um, there's a book called it was written in the in the uh, 18th century by a rabbi named uh, Moshe, Moses Chaim Lutzato. He was an Italian rabbi, uh, died very young, very prolific author. And um, he wrote many books, one of them called The Way of God, okay? And, and he, written in Hebrew. It's actually basically an encyclopedia, a small, small book. But, and one of the things I love about it is he took everything basically and was able to, from the entire um, philosophy, a religious philosophy of Judaism and to put it into uh, a tiny book that was accessible for anyone and, oh. you know, all, all people. So that's one book that really changed my life in a lot of ways. And in the business world, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm a, a big fan of the marketing of Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay. Not necessarily yeah. his personality, but his marketing. Um, and so one book that I read early on was, um, you know, crush it and then crushing it, which was the sequel to that. And then jab, 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 right hook, which is again, they're all based on the same points, which is that give and 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 add value and add value as much as possible. That's how you win in sales. Um, and so that's, that's really kind of how my premise in working in business development, essentially, I do work, you know, as a client interface, a lot of people bringing in business, but at the same time, I'm not a salesperson uh, by nature at all. And his approach of just using social media to educate and using social media to add value to others. That was, that was huge for me. Yeah. I love that too. Um, that again, is our philosophies um, line up perfectly because I never wanted to study how to be a great salesperson. And anybody that knows me knows I'm not a great salesperson, but I think I'm a pretty decent educator and we teach everybody to educate. And we just say, we're going to educate you about uh, these things until you say one of two things, either this is for me or it's not for me that you, you know, you decide if you, if you're getting involved, we, we don't. And, um, and I don't expect everybody, it's not, nothing, nothing is right for everybody, but you know, you, you made me think of when, um, I was reading the story, uh, this morning of Jacob wrestling with God, right. In Genesis. Right. And it's like, God, 
cripple. I mean, like, like, you know, he, he touches his hip, right? I mean, again, this is in the translation that I'm reading. I can't read Hebrew, but I would love to know exactly the story. And, 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 and so I was thinking to myself, wow, I wish I could read this in the original language and really know, because, you know, it's like when it's in English, I'm like, I don't want to make assumptions and I don't want to make interpretations. So I'm like thinking, you know, I'm Googling other people's kind of analysis of this story. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. And that's what happens to all of us. And, you know, what even what Jacob meant, the name Jacob meant, you know, uh, for people that don't know the story, he was, I don't want to say he was a liar, but I guess he was, right? I mean, uh, or he was, he was, he was shifty. Okay. And then, then God says, after he has this interaction, he wrestles with God and God, and he humbles himself and God blesses him. He says, now your name will be Israel, right? Mm -hmm. And which means, something with God, right? I mean, or yeah, a simple translation would be, and, and there's a lot of depth to this, but a simple translation would be, it says, that you wrestled with God and overcame. And so the word is like to overcome, um, overcome God, so to speak. So, Not so it's kind of like when we humble ourselves in front of God, we be, we're, we're given a new name. We're giving, you know, like that, like, I, I mean, that, or he is. Yeah, it's about overcoming challenges. I mean, that's really what yeah. the story is all about is that you, you face your adverse, your, your adversary. And, um, and the amazing thing was, you know, of the story is just so telling. It was just, it was wrestling with an angel, but the angel was coming to, so to speak, uh, prevent Jacob from excelling, from going to, you know, a higher spiritual level going and bringing himself uh, back to the land of Israel, et cetera. So he was given that name in order to, uh, and he didn't want to fight. Like that was it. He, he was holding the angel on, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't let him go um, until he was, he was crippled through that story. But again, yeah, it's just about overcoming uh, challenges. And that's really the main lesson I think that comes from it. Which is part of my, uh, uh, my favorite quote is adversity introduces a person to themselves. And, and I think I like to say adversity introduces a person to themselves and to God, right? Because that's where you learn. And, and that's, those are the, like, if you can learn to embrace the adversity, then you can do anything, right? So, you know, it's been uh, uh, fascinating. I would love to have you on again down the road and just, but I thank you so much for taking the time. Go to yonaweiss.com. I know I'm going to go there and check out the resources. And, and I definitely am going to um, uh, talk to you about what I can do for our real estate. And, and I've got some partners. By the way, it won't be me calling you because I'm not the integrator and the follow-up guy. It'll be them calling you, me saying, hey, you got to call this guy. You got, first, you got to listen to the podcast, then call this guy and see what we can do. So uh, thank you. Any famous last words before we wrap up? Um, just, uh, thank you for, for having me, Jim. I would, I would leave everyone with one thing. I mean, the best advice, um, that I, you know, I say on my podcast, one of the things I say is, uh, you know, end it with is the best advice comes only when you ask. And so you, you didn't ask me for advice, but I think one of the things that, uh, people would, uh, you know, to get to know me and to understand where I'm coming from is that the, the aspect of humility and just learning from anyone and everyone that you can 
is really where real growth comes. Um, so you got to kind of, like I say, get out of your comfort zone, right? Get out of your comfort zone to, to grow. There's so much truth to that. But when we think, you, you, oh, I know everything. And that's the problem. Again, we going back to the beginning of this, we're talking about taxes and like, oh, uh, I don't need to. You're going to be missing out so much just because you're not willing to, to put in a little effort to learn. Yeah. You know, we call that the arrival syndrome. You can't, I mean, like you can't tell me anything about anything because I know everything. Right. <laughs> and that's the worst that you could be. And, you know, um, humility is, I, I, I love, you know, I love that is because we, you show strength and weakness and weakness and strength. Right. So you, you don't have to tell anybody how much you know about something if, if you really are confident in it, right? And if you're not very confident in it, then it's like the guy that would tell you that he's gonna beat you up, right? <laughs> the guy that's gonna beat you up isn't gonna tell you he's gonna beat you up, right? This is back on the playground or something, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, so I always think show strength in, in weakness and weakness in strength. And, yeah. and uh, uh, I love that, man. So thank you again for coming on. Until next time, nothing good happens in the herd. You have to educate yourself and break away and be free. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.